Welcome to another spectacular Halloween special brought to you by the Last King Podcast. <laughs> I think it means <laughs> I think it meant spooktacular. Sorry, spooktacular. Spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the music. Welcome to another episode of the Last King Podcast. A botched intro, good to see on Mr. Toffee here. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so... Oh god, you threw me off. Oh, I'm sorry about that, sorry about and that. And speaking of getting thrown <laughs> off, this is uh, your co-host, uh, Dr. Shafik Stein, along with my other horror-themed uh, co-hosts. Eccentric from Tom Stein. The abominable eccentric Tom, yes. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's a better one. And... I'm the Mr. Toffee Man. I don't know why well, that count, came what, up. What's the reference? Count Toffula. Toffula. Uh, Toffula. Okay, actually Toffula sounds better. Toffula. Count Toffula. Yeah, why, why didn't we go... As another very unprepared and unputtogether uh, episode of The Last King Podcast. But we, we kind of know what we're talking about though. Yes, because yes. it's the season that just transpired. It's the season 31st. of the witch! Woohoo, we the are witch. celebrating Old Hallow's Eve belated. Yes, we are well aware it's over a week since Halloween. I'm sorry, this is the best we can do. Ragnarok threw us off. Yeah, yeah. The God of Thunder really wrecked our shit, so we're gonna have to make do with a pretty cool episode where we're gonna talk about the most recent horror fairs that we've watched, or whether they came out like last week or last month or even like but the past say, few yeah, this year has years or so. This year much been a quite a stellar year for the horror genre. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, we have movies like Get Out, which mm. kind of redefine horror in okay. a way. Fair enough. We also have the return of a classic uh, Halloween. How do you say? Like, Halloween tradition, I guess. I mean, like yeah, you know, like you know, Saw's back. Yes. Okay, Chucky's eight. back. Chucky, Chucky's back. Yeah, I think. A uh, DVD, a, right? Release was it? Was it? I, I, thought, I, I think it was a streaming thing? only, but yeah, apparently it was bonkers. <laughs> No, I gotta watch it. I have a lot of respect for the Chucky series. Seriously, I mean, is is the the bride? What's her name again? Uh, Jennifer Tilly, right? The bride. Yo, Tiffany. Tiffany. Jeff, Jennifer. Tilly. I have such a crush on that voice of hers. Yeah, she's, she's kind of cute. She's, in that like, sense. she's like to me the the perfect example of the smoking '90s girl. Okay. And then like um, I think also recently Happy Death Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also speaking of uh, horror, uh, like something from like Blast from the Past. Yeah. Do you like clowns, boys and girls? Oh yes! It, How could we forget? You know, like okay, people are probably wondering why. Why aren't you guys up on that it bandwagon? Like, I think we're like, kind of saving it for this episode. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I would say, like, uh, like between the three of us, we've all seen the original uh, 1980s TV. Oh yes, the one with Tim Curry. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is more comedy than horror when you think totally about it. All no, but it was have... terrifying when you were a kid. It's funny. Very, now. very when terrifying. When you were a kid and then. you saw that shit, and then especially, I know as goofy and as dopey as it was, like that dude fucked me up. Dude. When that brother went through that kid, when that book to remember his dead brother, and then it went back and that when was Georgie freaky man, yeah, him. that was freaky. Poor dude. Georgie. Poor Georgie. Uh, we all float down here. I haven't <laughs> seen the original because you're a child. <laughs> Yes. But you have to at least see it for, uh, you know, Tim Curry's magnificent performance. But you also have to understand, like, uh, Eccentric Tom here, you've seen the remake. I have, and it was pretty good. And I'm afraid to say this, but the the, the original will definitely not hold up after seeing... Oh no, I'm well aware that the original is a piece of shit. Like, no, it's not. Come yes, on. it it's is. It's a classic. I have to confess, I didn't actually find time to watch the remake, though. Really? But I actually found a little meme that popped up. Oh, you mean involving the, the dancing, yeah, Pennywise. Pennywise, the dancing clown. Yes, that was. 
Did that ruin the movie for you, or was it like horror through and I through? I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the meme. I think actually that the scene itself was quite effective. But I do enjoy the meme, especially I saw one where he was dancing to uh, Thomas the Tank Engine theme song. <laughs> oh, that's cute! Oh, and it worked perfectly well. <laughs> yeah. I was basically like, uh, what was it called? Pennywise could dance to anything or something. Yeah, like. that was pretty good. But I thought that it served for what the film was trying to be because it's meant to be there's this creature who doesn't quite fit into our concept of what the world is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so to have the world literally distort around him, I thought it was a very cool effect, especially how his head was perfectly, um, what's the word, stabilized, while the rest was just kind of like dancing around him. His head was kind of static while everything else was moving yeah, up and down. Yeah, that's the weird like, iPhone uh, effect where you stabilize yeah. just one part of yeah. the image. But I also said this, right, because I also I really appreciate, because this version of it, the remake, kind of pay. I mean, it pays more attention to the books. In mm-hmm. the sense where they really f- try to flesh him out to be more of one of those elder gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than just some crazy dancing demonic clown that just terrorizes <laughs> the town every once in a while. Like, he actually... There are moments where he is truly frightening, especially the part where his face opens up into like a demagogue mouth. And that's reference to Stranger Things too, which yeah. will be in the after the break. Also starring the kid from Stranger Things, right? The boy who plays Will is in... Finn Wolfhard. Was it Will or Mike? Will, is that right? really okay. his name? Hard Wolf? Will, Will, Will Finn Hard? Wolfhard. This boy has to, he has to be, like, he has to grow up into an MMA fighter or, or a, a porn badass. Star. Or a porn star. Okay, I'm sorry we went that way. <laughs> Just... But, okay, but I, I, I definitely agree, you know what I mean? Like, um, this is, okay, I'll, let me just rephrase that. Not a stellar year for horror, but it's nice to know that you know, the horror train is still going. It's a pretty yeah, decent yeah. one, considering how we've had for the last few years. We've had a few good ones, but for every Insidious or Sinister, we've had 10 Bye Bye Mans or The Devil Insides. Well, the thing is also, I mean, especially very important to the last game podcast here, another classic is about to be revisited. They all knew about the news that uh, they're going to redo Halloween and oh, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis has signed up uh, to reappear. I don't know if I'm going to like that though. Seeing as how they, they peaked at Halloween H2O. Mm-hmm. And then there was one more after the Halloween The Rob Zombie. Oh, Resurrection. And then the Rob Zombie ones. Are we ignoring the Rob Zombie ones? Because it had, it had some good points. Like the first one they had actually, moment. Yeah. It actually humanized Dr. Loomis in a sense. I kind of like that. Uh, but what failed mostly about the Halloween remake by Rob Zombie was when they tried to humanize Michael Myers that one by giving him too much backstory yeah yeah what I think is like for me especially when it comes to the slasher or the like you know, the the unstoppable killer genre it's best when you know nothing about it keep it mysterious yeah. that's why Alien worked so well because it is at its core a slasher movie when slasher you start explaining space, shit yeah then you get fucking mystery, Friday the yeah. 13th where like all of a yeah. sudden we have Scary Terry instead of Freddy Krueger yes <laughs> no, but like that's it like, so there's definitely gonna be an IT sequel okay yeah not tangenting of too much sorry like they I have think to be just, I think they have to be I adults you, or some shit right you said Freddy Krueger I think you meant Jason no no uh, what I meant by when things get ridiculous is from Freddy Krueger to Scary Terry, Oh, okay. Sorry. Which is a Rick and Morty reference. That's a double deep cut for mm. you fans out there. <laughs> okay, but that's still uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, she's still Nightmare on Elm Street. He's basically, also, he's uh, the original unstoppable killer. Basically, Night- Nightmare 5 and 6. That's the comedy point of yeah, the what, show. Wasn't the first one was kind of comedic? In, no, a way, was, in a way, in a way. In the first one, he was. No, in the first one, it was straight up scary. Yeah. Part 2, it was a gay parable, confused a lot of people. Part 3, best music. Dream! Three, that was a good balance. He did have the wisecracks, but he still was serious in killing people. Yeah, sense. like he, his, his personality started to develop. But you know, that was the, my favorite like, as well. So the joke in Rick and Morty where Scary Terry is like constantly like punctuating every sentence with bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like in 
Nightmare 6. So, exactly. like, that's Nightmare... Yeah, even 4. Like, 4, 5, is like, welcome to prime time, bitch, when he sticks the girl's <laughs> head into the TV. Yep, yep. Like, oh, right. so that's where it starts. But I think it went full scary theory in, like... Freddy's so, Dead, the final so nightmare. That's the thing, like, what I'm really afraid of, especially when it comes to the horror genre, is, like, when people pay too much emphasis, not on, like, the scares or the atmosphere, but more on, like, we need to know the killer's backstory. Yeah. So yeah. it's, like, why I'm really worried about Halloween is, like, okay, it's been done twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, they did it with, like, the, the, the really shitty Halloween sequels with the, the symbol of the thorn and all that. The thorn family, like... I mean, I really number four, number five, four, five, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, okay, and then like okay. when H two came along, it was basically a throwback. We bring Jamie Lee Curtis in and Buster Rhymes for some reason. Hey, hey, before Tyler that, Bates. number five, I think Paul Rudd was the main character. If Are I recall, you serious? Yes, before How old I think is this fucker? I think it was early roles. Right? Yeah, yeah. Early yeah. roles. He's still a kid. It was. I think it came out from the NES commercial, Super NES commercial. He did. I can kind of slightly oh, remember yeah. that. But the thing is, like Halloween four and five, totally don't waste your time. Three is three it, is a different it's, kind it's of Halloween. Not it's not Mike Myers. Myers. It's season of the witch. But it's creepy and weird in its own way, which I kind of appreciate it. If you, you like know. movies where children get killed by scary masks and with music, and, you know, eight more days till Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's essential viewing as part of the Halloween anthology but like okay we all have to admit uh, the first Halloween movie which is basically you know taking borrowing heavily from Psycho yeah. and creating the slasher genre and Halloween beget uh, Jason actually mm-hmm. no it beget Jason's mother part 1 then part 2 onwards was yeah, Jason. Jason and then we up the ante with uh, Freddy Krueger making it more supernatural where he attacks you in your dreams and then you know, like you know it led to even stuff like it mm-hmm. and like even stuff like Jigsaw which also like I mean, it's strange that in the new millennium, it wasn't called a slasher anymore. I mean, there was the, a bit of... It, it wasn't the slasher reboot. That happened with Scream in the late 90s. Scream. Scream was, yeah, the, was, Scream was a parody reboot, parody yeah, thing going on. Like, it was super self-aware. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy was explaining things to the audience kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. And then came... I Know What You Did Last Summer. And then I came... The teen slasher films, yes. And then came Final Destination, which also like you know, pushed the supernatural element. Yeah, with and the Rubik's Cube... Uh, sorry, Rube Goldberg death machine featuring death trying to kill you. Which, to me, came cool. full circle in Saw. Yeah, that was more like actual Rube... <laughs> Goldberg machines, yeah. You know, like, yeah, the mouse climbs across the trap, which trips the wire, which pushes the bucket, which yeah, water yeah. falls in the hole, which chops your heads off. You know, because like, stuff of like that. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah like, wh- if you want to kill somebody, you want to make it meticulous. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> speaking of which, I kind of want to talk a bit about Jigsaw because I saw that, like, a part few eight. days ago. Yeah, yeah, part eight. So, Tobin Bell's back. He is back, but in a way that is kind of expected if you can expect twists from Saws. So, basically, this is like 10 years after Jigsaw's dead. And then these. Spoiler alert for. Yeah. <laughs> people who haven't seen 3D. We haven't seen part 3. Or 3, yeah, so, part 3, yes. Or so 3. Yes. Which came out in like, what, 2002? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 3? So it's been 10 years, and apparently a bunch of killings happen, and these cops have to figure out apparently this is related to the whole jigsaw murders that happened. Wait, is Wahlberg back? No, right. no, 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 no. Okay. That's. I'm gonna try not no. to spoil anything. Yet. No, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually pretty good. Uh, it's a really? good. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I actually, actually, I kind of like it. Okay. Now, elsewhere, there's actually a bunch of five victims who are in a death trap of sorts, like with a chains in the neck, with a bucket of the head, this and the saws trailer, coming right? in. Yeah, it's a trailer, and then it leads you to a barn and stuff, and then shit happens from there. Now, here's what was really cool about it. It's like, it. How do you say? Okay, the gore is pretty all right. The traps, I actually especially like the whole spinny, spinneroony, uh, 
slicer trap thing that that introduces introduces it later in the middle of the game okay. per se, and I kind of like the fact that there's actually some whodunit things and red herrings being thrown around back and forth, which is like very reminiscent sort of, of standard four, four and five. Yeah, yeah, and then the big twist that happens, which again I'm not gonna spoil, but when you hear the music cue and the remix and all that from the Hello, the Hello Z theme yeah. that was like really how it came full okay, circle per se okay Carrie Elwes is involved all over it. no in fact <laughs> anyone who appeared from part 1 to part 7 they're not there except for Tobin Bell so this Bell. is literally 10 years it, after yeah so it's a new generation of creators. yes with Tobin Bell inside somehow which okay. I'm not gonna say how it happens but He's there, definitely. So one thing I really want to uh, discuss, especially you, I mean, amongst the three of us, you saw the Jigsaw movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is the thing, like, is this the right time for a Jigsaw or a Saw, like, you know, is, is this a reboot, a continuation? From the trailers, it looks like a reboot, but is actually... Part 8. I don't know if I want to say, yeah, it's at basically part 8. It is basically part 8. So it's basically Fast and Furious, but not the Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. When did Saw 3D come out? 3D Yo. came out in 2007. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been a while. It's yeah. been 10 years later. 7, 2006, yeah, it's around there. Yeah. Because and part 7, 3D, Saw 3D just finished the whole damn thing, lah, per se. I think Saw, the first Saw movie was 2001 or 2003. No, it was even earlier. 1, 2 ish. I think it was late 90s yeah. even. And no, 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 it wasn't. Tell you what? I was still in uh, college. Oh, okay. So it was definitely still, around 2000. It still holds up to this day. I will recommend yeah, the anyone first hearing it. It was actually yeah. a bit of a mind fuck. Especially okay. yeah. with how it, like, you know. Um, I don't want to spoil it because Tom hasn't seen it either. Yeah. No. You should watch it you fresh. Should watch the first yeah. one. Well, I'm well aware of. Like the premise of saw people die in gruesome ways, and I've I've seen this movie four, so I know about the eyeball. But it's not about that. It's also about like the it's jump cuts choice. and editing, yeah. narratives, and also like yeah, apparently like, some of these puzzles you can for escape me, them. Like, like like if you want to take it back to the original OG saw movie, right? What I liked about it a lot was the dynamics of these two actors in one room mm-hmm. playing off each other about the, the moral choice and them discovering what an asshole the other guy yeah, is. Yeah, the philosophical <laughs> thing that happens and in between. And then basically, yeah. like, okay, who is, like, you know, who ha- who deserves more redemption? Mm-hmm. You or me? Like, you have... Okay, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, the first movie was quite brilliant in its writing and its execution. The only thing that I didn't like about part one is that it was a product of its time. Okay. With the MTV-style editing, with the, yeah, the jump yeah. cuts, fast cuts, like you no, know, the flashing lights and the epileptic especially kind of... at the start when this guy's head was in that box yeah especially that, not, not, not even that like even the scenes when like they show all the fat guy right not that, well. when the victims get captured where there's like a guy wearing a pig face mm-hmm. just like you know they do that ridiculous like you know quick jump cut <laughs> yes yes like when yeah, they yeah. do that like stunted like that stutter move- movement and I really did enjoy it because it, to me that felt too film school okay yeah you know that felt very amateurish but the thing is based on the story we get this entire thing and also, you also have to understand, like, as I was mentioning before, we were talking about how, like, in the 80s and 90s, we were like, you know, oh, the, the glory days of the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. So, to me, is like, this is the, the new wave, the torture porn genre. Uh, the one I actually respect yeah. about that, apart from, you know, seeing the creative traps, is how it actually kept its story. It's very convoluted, we're I'll warn you. No, 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 basically from part 1 to part 7, it keeps that story going yeah, on still. It's consistent in a way, consistent, yeah. Horror in its own horror thing. As ridiculous as it gets, it okay. is ridiculous. I'll I mean, tell you that. That's for sure. And then that's the problem I have with the Saw movies. Is like it got so convoluted that mm-hmm. it came to a point where like, okay, so the person from part this movie who we thought died, oh, you've been working for Jigsaw all along. What? And then you know, turns out that certain parts of the movie happened at the same time. We that you don't know yeah, until that until the end. Yeah. So it's a 
it's a product of oh we didn't expect this to be this popular how exactly. the hell are we gonna yeah. keep this going i call it the brett Ratman effect it's like oh i didn't know this, uh, prison break one would be so good but yeah. kudos for trying though i mean it's a puzzle in itself which is nice and i'm glad that jigsaw considered continues that tradition for for good or ill so i think the most important question right now is how's the gore sir actually not bad i really? like the i like the twist score i like the does it still have cgi blood no right I uh, can't more really tell. Effects. I think there's actually a bit more practical effects. Okay, that's Okay, cool. the first, okay, the trailer scene, that was pretty good. And then the part later on, after that. Remember the, in the trailer, there was the hypo needles that come down? Mm -hmm. That they could jump scare? The bit after that, that was pretty good gore. Okay. Yeah. And it's good. And I'm happy that the traps aren't as convoluted like, oh, say, the car trap in Saw 3D or the... The, the merry-go-round, no sorry, the carousel thing in part The six. dumbest trap of all time was basically like that girl and then the two guys you have to like... Oh, the one in 3D, that's in 3D, and yes. Like, when I was looking at that, like really? How the fuck did they set it up without no one knowing in the first place? And that's the problem that I have with all these Saw movies, like it got so convoluted. So is this like basically a return to roots? It um, is a return to roots, so yes. it's like basically like... Removing all the all the, the fluff from the, the previous yeah, it, the, the traps are back to basics, which is nice. Mm. The last trap especially, it's like, they might go the high-tech route in the future. Maybe if they're making sequels for this, if it makes its money back, of course. And that's what I like about it. It's a good, serviceable film that will make any Saw fan happy. And also some cynical Saw fans will also nitpick as well too. Is it Personally, I love it. I mean, I like it. I'll place this just below part 1 and part 6. But above the rest. Okay. Now you don't want to guess like part six. Yeah. yeah, part six actually had a really good way of handling healthcare, like a message with healthcare in a sense. Is that not where Chester Bennington gets wiped out? No, that's 3D. Oh, that's part seven. Yeah. That's, a, that's a car one, right? Like the, the car one is 3D. Okay. Uh -huh. Part six is the merry-go-round one, and then uh, the healthcare guy talking to Jigsaw, and then that shit that happens from there. It's actually not bad. I actually appreciate Which that one. Is the one where Donnie Wahlberg gets wiped out? Uh, four. That's four. That's where he gets hit. Crushed by ice blocks. That's four. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah, it was Mark Wahlberg all along. Donnie yeah, Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, new kids on the ice block. We should have made that joke. Again. Yes, yes. No, but anyway, okay, so Jigsaw. Good um, ice rations. Oh. Very importantly, what I need. What? I know, <laughs> feel I it, feel it. <laughs> now, what I really also need to know is like, okay, without spoiling anything, right? What? Is Mr. Tobin Bell himself going to be? What? How's his involvement in this? Is it like a throwaway, like, hey, reference, like, we brought him back for this, or is it? Is it like integral to the story? It is integral to the story. And it's not in a convoluted way. Uh, not as convoluted as you think, but it, you can, you get, you Which might. It's not saying much for the sauce. Yeah, yeah, it's not as convoluted as you think, but it's it's in its own There's film. There's still some that's bullshit they're pulling. To <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, without spoiling anything, some people might feel it's a bit cheating, especially when the entire movie itself was also working around that same timeline. But at the same time, I appreciate it for what it is. So I'm kind of happy with that. Okay, well, if But it'll piss off some people, definitely. I will not deny that, that's for sure. I'm gonna call it. He's like a twin brother or some shit, right? Watch it for yourself. Damn it. They did the prestige, really? Watch it for yourself, dude. It's really fun. It's really fun. Damn it. No. They Christian Bell. What expression to use. Oh, man. Okay, so... Uh, but you like the pit with the spinnery thing, especially when there are some things that some people could have done, but could have, but then they so end up killed. So basically, turn off your brain and watch your Saw movie because it's Halloween. Turn off half your brain, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you're going in expecting the rich, vibrant backstory and complex characters... If you want the, the shiny, so you're not, you're, you're not, you're walking to the wrong cinema. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much, pretty cinema. much. Now, so speaking of convoluted uh, deaths, uh, 
Centric Tom, you also watched a very... Uh, you brought it up early in the podcast. Yes, I did indeed. And uh, I mean, I've not watched too many horror films this year. Like I missed out on Annabelle Creation. Now is the right time to guess. Oh, fuck Annabelle Creation. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. So okay. one film I did watch a couple of weeks ago is Happy Death Day. There hmm. you go. Which is, so if you take Groundhog Day and Halloween and uh, kind of like smush them together and then squeeze the, the entrails, you get Happy Death Day. I would say this more like if you had one intern with the Halloween reboot script and one intern with a Groundhog Day reboot script run across the halls and smash into <laughs> each other. <laughs> like it mix up the script together. And then they need to pick up all these pages immediately to give it to the producer. And they're like... Oh, this is apparently the movie that, you know, that was like... Does it feel as cheap as that uh, representation? Uh, no, however... So not that slapdash, yeah? Okay, let's get this out of the way. It's a Blumhouse production, which means you know that the budget was slightly more than the pocket change he pulled out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for a Blumhouse production... I would say slightly more than Shark Needle. <laughs> it had a budget of 4.8 million. Which is, you know, not, it's, not, it's yeah, respectable for a fortune for people like us. Yeah, like you know, compare that to the first Purge film, which had I think just over a million to shoot. That's pretty decent showings. But the main story is that there we follow the protagonist, who I can't remember her name, but she's the stand. Which is not a good sign, actually. <laughs> Blonde girl, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's let's like, call her uh, Belle Murray. She won't even be called that. Anna Belle Murray. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> She is uh, the stereotype of the young, dumb, blonde sorority girl. Mm-hmm. She's mean to everybody, she's bitchy, she's got an affair with this uh, professor in her university. You know, she's a two-faced bitch to everyone around her. And within the first 10 minutes, I, if this was any other slasher type, she would be the one who's first to die. And she is the first to die. But then she wakes up again. And then... She goes for the same day again, and then she dies again, and then slowly she realizes that she's stuck in this permanent hell of dying. And so she is in an infinite loop of her own murder. Pretty much, and she has to start trying to work out who's killing her. Like, yeah, the day starts with her waking up in a freshman's dorm with this nice guy, and he kind of just wakes up and says, "Oh, hey, you're up." And at first she thinks, "Oh shit, did I sleep with a dweeb?" And their relationship kind of develops in a nice way, which I won't get into because it's spoilers. Mm. But he helps her get into a program of trying to work out who is going to kill her. Because it happens on her birthday. That's why it's called Happy Death Day. Oh, okay. And, um, so... you know, they're basically, basically the exchanges. Okay, so it's someone who knows it's your birthday. Who knows it's your birthday? It's like, well, I'm a sorority girl. Everyone knows it's my birthday. <laughs> okay, who wants you dead? Uh, let's see, there's I'm this a person, girl. that person, this person, that person, and she has a list of like, at least 15 people who would reasonably have motive to kill her. <laughs> and that's another side aspect of the film, which I'll get into later, but basically it's like a detective thriller movie, so come slasher, where the person's trying to work out who's killing them. And there's a fun little montage where it stops being a horror movie and becomes like a comedy where she's tracking down people to try and work out who's killing her. Mm-hmm. And then when she stops trying to find the person, the slasher comes and kills her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cute. So like, uh, there's a bit where she's kind of hiding behind a fountain, trying to spy on one of the sorority people who she thinks might be the killer. And she sees and she's like, okay, she's doing something else. She gets up, turns around, and then yeah, she goes, <gasps> and the slasher just comes like, charges her into the fountain, just like drowns her. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up like, vomiting um, Oh wait, so, so she immediately wakes up 
as soon as she dies, she wakes up. So it's not like the day resets. It's basically she get comes back to life from that point on. No, she. But no, the day does reset. Okay. But it's like instantaneous. It's not like Groundhog Day where he goes to sleep and then wakes up again. It's like mm-hmm. instant, like that. Oh, so the day resets, but she's wherever she died. No, no, time? she's back in the dorm room. And she has to replay The bed, the bed. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but she's spitting out water because comedic effect. Well, it's because she drowned. And for example, uh, there's one time where she gets hanged. That's how she dies. Mm-hmm. And so she wakes up and she has to like crick her neck because, you know, her neck bone snaps. Oh, okay. I see, I see. I see. And uh, the, this is where it comes to parts which I didn't particularly like. It's like there's certain elements of the film they don't explain very well. They didn't even explain how she They gets never explain like... how it came about. So it's magic, it basically. Problem, <laughs> Especially because... So it's magic. <laughs> as we start with this character, there's nothing particularly special about her which warrants her having the right to find out why she dies and what, how to solve her not dying. Because mm. the thing is, even compared to something like, like Groundhog Day, where that was basically a morality play where you know, the Bill Murray character had to actually be a super nice person mm. to escape the loop. But this was never presented to her in any way, right? Well, it's like she did... And universally start to become a better person by trying to work out how to um, solve her own murder. So she does have a bit of a redemption She arc. does because she starts realizing how fake her sorority friends are, how nice people that she normally sons are, how like she has this stalker on campus who turns out to not be who he is. Again, I, I wouldn't explain what it is, but I don't want to spoil it because I really want you guys to watch it. Okay, okay. And that part is nice, but they never explain why like she was chosen and also there's a part where they explain that she's getting repeat trauma from constantly dying like her body is starting to die that the the thing is that she's meant Which to is get strange because you gotta add science at <coughs> this point of time yeah, and she's probably be like walking on a crutch or some shit no, right? she's what meant she? to be getting physically weaker every time she uh, resurrects so the idea is that eventually it'll be final mm. but then there's some things that she does later in the film where She's pulling off gymnastics that I can't pull off. Yes, I'm not in peak physical condition, but I'm not repeatedly dying and waking up Did again. Did they at least explain that, oh, she's a hit cheerleader, of course she can flip her the fuck out of any situation? Uh, I think there's an explanation that maybe she was in gymnastics when she was younger. And, alright, whatever, those are things which I didn't particularly like. And also, it has the most fuck you reference to Groundhog Day. Because they're well aware that, you know, they are referencing Groundhog Day. And then the film ends, and then someone says, Oh, you know what this reminds me of? The film Groundhog Day. And the main character goes, what, Groundhog Day? You've never seen Groundhog Day? And that's how they pan out Fade to Black. It's like, fuck you! Oh really? my god, like, that's, that's lazy writing, man. Yeah. Because they couldn't get the rights to like live that repeat or something, or tomorrow. Oh, the other reference to Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. You know, but even Again, that, at least they explained the reset. Yeah, yeah I mean, scenario. that was a very good explanation of the mechanics here. The, me- the mechanics weren't explained, but on the flip side, where it needed to count, it does count. Okay. All of the characters are very well written, very well rounded, and all have very interesting character arcs. Even smaller characters have nice avenues where you can see them develop in certain ways. And because it's reset, uh, you kind of see them like the micro changes, especially in the main character. It's well, because like basically. The more time she died, the more she interacts with these people and the more you... The characters reveal themselves in a sense. Yeah, in a way. And especially the main character, she starts off being extremely unlikable. I mean, she is... I'm not going to miss words. She's a cunt. Okay. So <laughs> everyone around her... In the British sense, not the American sense. In both ways. There you go. Okay. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> she's... She's uh, roommates with this quiet uh, medicine uh, student who... D- 
who's very medicine nothing. student. You mean a medical student? Medical student. Okay. And she makes a little cupcake for her birthday. And she goes, "Oh, thank you." Then we just throw it in the trash. She's like, I don't eat carbs. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. Whore. So I hope you die. So I'm guessing she's becoming more and more she nicer. She becomes nicer, nicer yeah. and then you start learning about her backstory. Says, "Okay, I can see why you started going down this avenue," and so you start really feeling for this person. Mm-hmm. And then people who you used to kind of like, you go, oh, actually, you're a bit iffy. Someone who you think might be skeevy turns out to actually just be repressed in a certain way. Mm. And uh, it has some pretty good twists. And the final person who turned out to be the killer, you if you had been following the hints, you might have guessed it, but it was actually pretty well done in how they revealed it. It was her all along. She killed herself <laughs> constantly. <laughs> and the thing is, like, Originally, it felt like there was going to be the, the Groundhog Day ending where, you know, she wakes up, she says nice thing to this person, nice thing to this person, you know, she breaks up with uh, the person she's having an affair with. You need to string with. all the perfect events like, together. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect ending and it ends with this really beautiful relationship, but then she wakes up again because she got something wrong. She got the wrong person. Alright. And that's where like, oh, you're really not fucking around. <laughs> so, overall, it was a really fun, really entertaining movie. Not super scary. I mean, there were definitely moments of tension, moments of jump scares, but it's not very gory. Like, there's it's PG thirteen. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. I mean, yeah. I, they push the limits of PG thirteen because there's definitely traces of blood, and you definitely see her die. They don't, you know, cut screen when she dies. Like, there's a really cool transition, which is in a in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling, where she gets hit in the head by a baseball bat. And you can see like her skull shift, so you know that she's dying, and then it transitions to her waking up on a pillow. Yeah, yeah I can see mm. the clip. But that's the thing, like, um, especially when you were telling me your review of the movie, right? To me, it didn't feel so much like it was trying to be a clever horror movie, but rather more in the sense that, like, like I feel like it follows. Did you see that word? No, yeah. Oh, you have to see it. I know, I do. Like, but that's the thing is like nowadays, like the indie horror movie guys are trying to. They're trying to be clever. Yeah. They're not really trying to be scary or gory anymore. Because the thing is, I think either that train has passed, or like, you know, you have like the Star Wars, like the Jigsaw movie coming mm-hmm. back and playing, like, you know, okay, we're not gonna go down that route. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're gonna say that if Halloween's gonna get a reboot, okay, sure. So, I mean, I love the fact that nowadays a lot of these uh, independent, like, horror filmmakers are trying to find interesting ways to, I mean, like, not reinvent the genre but to add their own take on it yeah so, i mean that's the thing it's not trying to be like scream which is clever or postmodern in any way and it's, not too much nudge nudge wing wing like self-aware clever too no i mean it's it's just a genuinely well scripted movie which had just the right level of budget i mean you could definitely see where the budget limitations were like there's only five locations in the entire movie okay and it's always very small kind of not quite um recognizable areas and the university where it's set it's completely made up mm-hmm. with a really creepy ass mascot really? the mascot is, is a baby <laughs> and so they sell these baby masks and the slasher wears the baby mask when it's killing her it did look funny in the trailer so yeah i didn't get <laughs> that me, at all yeah. oh that's the, the mascot for the university yeah medical school uh, i think it's just a general university but she's what? on she's oh. on a she's on the medicine program what, what is she gonna be what's she gonna be in the anesthesia yeah I don't, I, I don't know what she's meant to be i i know that she has lectures with the uh, hospital i'm just guessing this is basically the script writer saying we have to send it in medical school because then we have a reason for scalpels to appear <laughs> yeah kind of there you okay. go and it ties into who the slasher is to, is thought to be and yeah. the various other things connected 
overall, I mean, I don't want to carry on talking too much because I will end up spoiling it, but mm. it's it's fun. It's fun, but you will get your money's worth. It's not too long either. It's about 85, 90 minutes. Perfect length for this kind of movie. You will come out going, huh, I had a good time. Is but it going to be an all-time classic? No, I don't think Probably not. But hey, especially if you're a bit too much of a wuss for the real hardcore shit, <laughs> this is the film for you. But I also, also want to say this, though. this is coming out the same year as Get Out. Yeah. So you do understand when it comes to the clever horror movie, or like, you know, like taking the horror genre and flipping it on its Oh head. yeah, I mean, that ship has already sailed. You yeah. can't, exactly. you can't so be Jordan Where does Hill. a movie yeah. like Happy Death Day stand up against what is available currently? I'm not talking about like the classics, I'm even talking about current classics. Like Get Out to me is like, that's a masterpiece right now. Like oh, no. a new movie, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's, you can't even compare the two because Get Out is genuinely one of the most psychologically messed up films I've seen this year. One of the best plot yeah. twists in the world. Good stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect mix of the key appeal humor, which we all know and love. Uh, the dramatic yeah, tension the of the dark thriller. side of their humor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has enough gore to make it fascinating. And it has the wonderful batshit insane ending where it just goes completely off the wall crazy. But it makes sense still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, like, the pro- that's the thing. You're watching it happen and go, I can totally buy this happening. <laughs> and then you see something like Happy Death Day where it's like, you pro- do you spend most of the time just questioning yourself like, okay, so how is all of this possible? Why aren't they explaining enough? That's pretty bad actually. Would it be like fault of filmmaker? I mean, you even just admitted very early in the review that you don't remember the name of the lead character. But that's because it wasn't important to the story and also mm. I'm just, also me personally, I'm very bad with names. <laughs> mm. I, I just, I can't remember people's names. Like, She's probably a Melanie or something. <laughs> it, it, it's a white girl name. Like that's Brittany. all like, it's rich, Anna, Anna. Rich white girl sorority name. Take your fucking pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Bell. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a fault of the filmmaking. I think it's more just a case of... But who put this together? Was it like a new director? Or? Uh, I I think it's a relatively recent director. So it's an indie guy. Uh, uh, I think it's an up-and-coming guy. Like someone who's being groomed by mm. Jason Blum. There you go. But I think he's doing a really good job in keeping the horror seen alive by I mean, just finding people. The thing about, like, despite what people say about him, right, he is a fan of the genre. He is, and it shows. I mean, he like, has produced a lot of dross, but he's also helped bring to light some pretty decent films. Like, to me, Blumhouse is like this generation's hammer horror. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, in a That's a good where, analogy. Like, yeah, because the thing is, like, if you talk about the, sec- the 60s or 70s, like, as much as we all love Christopher Lee here on the Last King podcast, right? Yeah. He was the goofiest Dracula for. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And like as much as we love Peter Cushing here on the Last King yes. podcast, he was the goofiest Van Helsing yep, of all yep. time, you know? But how can you get away with, a, like, with titles like The Curse of the Blood of Dracula? Like, come on! <laughs> that sounds amazing. I want to see more of that. But like, if anything, right, like, it's nice to know that at least in this day and age, the horror genre itself is finding new ways to reinvent itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also like you know, like the old stalwarts, the old uh, like the old guard, like Jigsaw. Like yeah, it is literally you can consider that old school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. By now, yeah. I mean, By now, it's like that's an old. Eight school films show. down in almost twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who's the the longest running Jason X? Right, X. That's uh, okay, Jason X. Do I we think, count Freddy versus Jason technically? Okay, but no, no count the versus. But okay, Freddy good. only went up to six. Like New Nightmare was the last one. Right? New Nightmare was the last one. There yes. were six movies total. But we're not counting remakes, right? Remakes only made one. Yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, but then also Halloween has had a quite few, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street has had. Nightmare okay, Jason. Six. Jason is the longest there now because Jason there's made it to ten. Uh, yeah. Jason goes to hell, Manhattan. Uh, yeah, Jason X is the space one. Which is ten, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, the remake. 
the Platinum Dunes remake, which yeah. is like another thing. Like you know, it's a, it was. I didn't actually see the remake. Come to think of it, I how was saw it and it was, it's it's just forgettable. Okay. It's exactly the same way I felt about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake with uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rorschach for all you Watchmen fans. Yeah. I mean, like that's such a waste of casting because he's perfect for a new Jack for new Freddy. But that's the problem. The thing is, like, it's the same like how I feel about Godzilla movies. Oh yeah, you gotta pay homage to the goofiness too. Yes, that's true. You know, like, you if you want to do a serious reboot, like, okay, you're missing the charm of what made you're the missing so what ma- what kept the fans uh, around. Exactly. Like, how I would say this, like, um, what I'm really worried about, especially with Halloween reboot or continuation, because the thing is, if you're gonna get Jamie Lee Curtis in it, if you recall, she gets killed pretty fast in the last official Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how this is going to work out. Does she play herself? Is, she, is it a reboot of sorts, maybe? We've had is no, it a flashback? For we've had no information about it, so mm. we just have to wait and see. But I'm just happy that we took it out of Rob Zombie's hands. Because mm. the thing is, like, Halloween, his, the, the sequel to the, re, the reboot he mm. made, yeah, you really it's have no <laughs> idea what to do with this property at all, okay. do you? And the thing is, it's like, yo, Go back to Devil's Reject. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing movie. Yeah. But I would say this, right? Yo, John Carpenter, come on, retirement, sir. We need more of your genius in the world right now. Yeah. Come on. You know? And if anything, right? I mean, he's the king of the low-budget horror. I mean, think about it. Uh, the Thing. Uh, yes, The Thing. Oh, my they God. Live. Yes, good shit. Fucking Halloween. You yes. know, like, like this guy's... The, and especially, especially all his... Um, like his Dunwich horror star stuff, like uh, Prince of Darkness. And mm, Prince of Darkness, like holy shit. Like his attempts with yeah. the Cthulhu Mythos and all that. Like, yo, Mr. Carpenter, sir. Yeah, come back, man. Come back, come back you know, if you can. If you want to do another escape I think the whatever, last time I've heard of him, he has said he's playing Destiny 2 or some shit. I don't know. He, he <laughs> really? Told, he told it's a random news. It's a random thing. Yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. He, he got really sick of the system. Look, the thing is like, I think I had a conversation with John. Uh, like, what we want, the dream, is the Big Trouble Little China sequel. Oh, which yeah. needs to happen. That needs to happen if he comes back. If he comes back, because like yeah, you know. <laughs> but if anything, like um, Lasking fans, tell us, you know, what is your go-to horror movie this year for this uh, spooky spectacular? <laughs> you know, and Ooh. if anything, you know, like did you like it? Did you like uh, Jigsaw? Death Day? Well, are you fans of the Jigsaw series? Did you like Get Out? Yeah. yeah, I think we all did, but I, do you? I, love <laughs> I loved it, absolutely. We all I know, did. But if anything, we're going to go for a very quick break right now. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to go into our main segment where we talk about, like, you know, the tenth pole Halloween 80s Kids in Peril scary thing show on Netflix. We're talking, of course, we're going to talk about Stranger Things 2. Season 2. Season 2. Or is it 2? Oh, yeah, shit. it's called Stranger Things. Stranger Things 2, yeah. It's in the title. So, like, you know, Eleven's back, the kids are back, Dustin's got teeth. Find out more after these messages. Hello, fans of The Last King Podcast. This is Eccentric Tom, your most favorite, I guess, um, host of The Last King Podcast, just coming in to say thank you so much for giving us your continued support through all these months. It's just truly wonderful to know that there are at least some weirdos out there listening to us. Only joking. We really love you. Now, since we're back in full force and we're not slowing down because there's still so much to talk about, we want to make sure that you are really getting us where it counts, which means that especially if you have an iPhone, especially if you've dished out on the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, depending on how you want to say Roman numerals, remember to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and make sure you're subscribed or resubscribed if you've been knocked out because there was a migration and you might have been lost. 
If you're not there, then we're still on our SoundCloud. Just search for The Last King Podcast and we'll be the first choice. Even if you just look for The Last King, we've, you'll find us eventually. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for The Last King. And remember, we also have our own website, thelastking.net. That's all. Thank you very much. And back to the show. And we're back. <laughs> okay, I, I probably botched to laugh, but at least I got the little creepy kid Do sound thing going on. It. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know. That's how I ruin horror films, everybody. Like, explaining we're shit. The last podcast, there you go. Like, we have to end every intro with some kind of botched fuck up. <laughs> Well, that's true, you know. I mean, well, okay. So, yes, welcome back to the second segment of the last game podcast. And speaking of botched fuck ups, okay, Stranger Things too. Stranger. Oh, oh, come on! That was I'm joking. Better. I'm joking. Put down your pitchforks. Put out the torches. By the last breath of Barbara, how could you say that? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so hashtag remember Barbara. Oh wait, hashtags were even invented back then. God damn it! No, so, hashtag shut up, Barbara. <laughs> Okay, but okay. Stranger Things 2 finally arrived in all its glory. All nine episodes of it. The kids are back. Plus one. There's a new one. Plus two. Mad Max and her brother. Yeah. The, the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Darcy. What's yeah. Darcy something or other. And the character's name is Steve. Brad? No, Brad. Billy. Brad. Billy. Right? Billy. Baby. Billy Hargrove. Missed opportunity to call him Bimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I said it in the Power Rangers review and I'll say it again. Dude looks too much like Zac Efron. Really? <laughs> yes. Even with the mullet and the even the peach fuzz. Even with the mullet, like I was watching it with my wife, and for the first twenty minutes, she was like, "Is that Zac Efron? Are you sure that's not Zac Efron?" And no. I had to Google him. And that's where I know him. He's from the same factory, though. They created Zac Efron. Yeah, he's from the same uh, vats where yeah. they mass-produce these young leading men. So anyway, okay. I can imagine these vats being like the ones where they created the super mutants in Fallout. I think of it more like uh, except with handsomer people nice and women. Nice tangent right there, sir. Wow, you, I don't know why. Where did you go for that? I from? don't know how. Okay, man. anyway, Actually, boys, more, boys. more keeping. I think of more like the vats from uh, Mordor. Like ah, yes, yes, where they created Urukais. Because yeah. I think that's a better thing. Because there's no but fucking inst- ends to these young white boys. Yeah. But instead of like, you know, roots and slime and wizard power, it's basically brill cream. (laughs) (laughs) Wavy hair. And like, you know, know, hamburger juice. Okay, but anyway, boys and girls, we're talking about Stranger Things 2. The big Netflix thing to happen after Rick and Morty, Bojack Horseman and Glow. So like, there's nothing else to look forward to on Netflix yet. There is What's the, coming up next right after? I guess Hearts House of Cards, the next season? The, the final season! season. Yes. We shall not get into that. No, know. we shall not. Hashtag, you know, hey, it's okay to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hashtag, I'm gay, therefore I can. Okay, so Strangers, Stranger Things Stranger 2. Danger, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Things. Hashtag Kevin Spacey. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> okay, Stranger Things 2 is... Cause starts like a year after the events of Stranger exactly Things one, one right? Year. One, one no, year. It's three hundred and twenty. And how days. quickly these kids have grown! Like Dustin got a full set of teeth after a year. Woohoo! He's got teeth. <laughs> yeah, Mike has shot up like a fucking rocket, and his voice is starting to crackle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Right? Lucas is starting to get cool. Will is exactly the same. Will doesn't do much. Eleven has hair. Still, I don't. He's actually, exactly the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but Will does a lot more. But he is. He has changed the least out of all four of the main. Uh, the growth spurt. The growth spurt hadn't started yet. No, I think yeah. he's actually the youngest actor out of all. I of think them. he is the youngest. Yeah. Like maybe the uh, what's his, what's the kid's name again? Wolfhart Finn, right? No, Finn's Mike. You're thinking of Noah Shap. Uh, Noah Shap is Will. Will. No, I mean I'm thinking of Mike. Mike is uh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. I think he's the only one. He auditioned at twelve. 
he's like the one who's actually entering his teenhood right now. Mm. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, I know Millie is thirteen. This yeah, year. yeah, and like they, they, their heights matched finally. Yeah, and especially in in the essential prom scenes, which happen later in the season. But okay, again, spoilers for all of we you. We are gonna spoil it. It has yes. been a week. If you haven't uh, binge watched Stranger Things, one, what's wrong with you? Two, stop this right now. Go watch it. It's only gonna be. Nine hours of your life. A couple few hours or so. Yeah, nine hours. Eight right, hours because yes. some are below an hour. Some are 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, okay, here's the thing I want to say right off the bat about Stranger Things 2. Uh, basically, it's bigger, but not, not better. No. Yeah, that's where I am right now because basically... Uh, okay, I'll go first. Okay, go, okay, ahead. go ahead. My go ahead. main problem with the Stranger Things brand now. Uh-huh. Like, I, sp- I I gave a glowing review for the first season of Stranger Things way back in the last King season one. Oh. Okay, you know. Back in the hipster days. Back in the actual rinky-dink yep. podcast. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, like, when it first came out, like, I enjoyed it thoroughly because, um, basically, it was like play- playing a game of, like, spot the reference. Like, yeah. oh, look, it's Elfin Light. Oh, look, it's, like, this 80s thing or is this other thing. And then, like, when I was watching Stranger Things 2, like, oh, they're doing that again. Because, like, there were all these hints of, oh, yeah, it's a reference to Gremlins. And then there was, like, oh, here's a very obvious reference to Ghostbusters. And also how... And then, oh, the, 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 the Dragon's Lair, the hottest thing right now. That's what everyone was picking up the coins right now? for. Right then. No, right then, right, right then, right and then. And there's Terminator in every cinema, and it's uh, Ray... Reagan Bush in the election year. Okay, I th- that to me felt smart. Yeah, I mean, it's, sense, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good... I felt and it a... made a lot of sense that it would be Dustin's mom who was voting Democrat in that yeah. era. That, like, yeah, that, that really spoke... I mean, that... Added and my... also uh, Lucas's family. Lucas too? Of course, because he's black. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you saw it in front of Mike's house and went, that makes perfect sense. Because you know, you've seen the parents, like yeah, yeah. Mm. that's exact. He is the nuclear Reagan family yep. of the era. So like another thing I want to say about Stranger Things too is that one thing that I found really obvious was the fact that okay, I think either the actors or like we we can't really figure out what to do with a lot of these people. Yeah. Because a lot of these kids are, are probably probably gonna have careers outside of this show. It's starting to It's starting show to already. show, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like Mr. Wolfhart has gone on to it. He was in it. They're yeah. gonna have to go to be to go to high school eventually. And anyway. the thing is right you can kind of sense that especially when it comes to the very obvious pairings of certain actors. Mm. Yeah. Like, you can see like, oh yeah, because probably they couldn't schedule these kids because their careers are going to st- take off immediately. And they did announce season 3, season 4 coming up along the way. I believe they did, Season 3 yes. is confirmed and according to IMDB, season 4 has been as well. I don't know, because there's not been any... It's not exactly a place. It's not official right? with Netflix yet, but I mean, this is a big uh, ticket draw for them. Mm. Like this is probably the most consistent thing they have right now because it's still fresh enough to garner attention and grow. And seeing as how House of Cards is slowly imploding. Well, House of Cards is dead, and well, it's more like they already decided on that that to be the final season anyway. This, so, but I'm also gonna say this: like this Stranger Things is probably besides BoJack Horseman, is the thing to absolutely subscribe yep, to yep. Netflix for. And also, even BoJack, it's a hard sell to certain people. Yeah. Like anyone who still thinks that cartoons are just for kids, like you're never gonna convince them to watch mm. that. I agree, but here's another thing. Okay, but okay, back on Stranger Things. Yeah. So, uh, bigger, yes. The thing is, I do see where the budget is now. Absolutely. And I love the fact that, like, it felt like, like here's the Gremlin, the Gremlins reference again. Like, okay, if you had thought that enough craziness would be with one Demogorgon, 
We got a few more. We got a few more like, coming we up. Got a yeah, whole, coming up the whole right I here. I think about sixty at the end. Yeah, and then also at the same time, I can also sense where the budget falls apart because there are some effect shots which are a little bit like okay, yeah. that's definitely that needed needed, afterwards. They mm. need they needed a little bit more polish than necessary, yeah. and also for the first time, oh god, this is obviously a filler episode. Oh god, are we talking about the same episode? Number... I'm talking about okay for, for me the filler episode was when. Well, L has to go to the city for one hot that's minute. That's the one. Yeah, that's like, the one. Episode yes. seven, the only bad. It's not even the weakest. It's just a bad episode. And it's like it didn't need to be to be there, honestly. And did you also feel like okay? I know you, you like the Duffer Brothers are probably X Men fans or something. Yep. Yeah. And like oh here she meets like the this is our version of Professor X. I shall take you and I shall train you in your powers and we shall. But we're not gonna, gonna do nice things. We're gonna do evil things. We're gonna kill people and. Just the way that whole uh, like episode was lit, mm -hmm. was framed, was shot, was acted out, and it, just it the, felt so out of place. And the most awful casting choices for the gang of misfits. Yeah, yeah I don't like them. Talk about nah. generic, right? Like generic punk rockers, and it's like it's feeding into like that time when if you wanted to show something scary in eighty cinema, just make punk rockers, mm -hmm. like, because that's what you know middle class white people are afraid of. Man with crazy hair. But then it will also kind of make sense because if you're talking about this was like set around 1984, right? So, yeah. like, but like, if you would if she was to go to like somewhere like New York and like, okay, she's like the backdrop is like maybe the CBGBs or something mm -hmm. where like bands like the Ramones and Blondie were playing in clubs like that, like yeah. that would make sense. But to me, it felt like Robocop 3 where like we need a generic bad like gang. Yeah. But we can't do yes, like, Hispanic yes. or black gangs. What do we do? Oh, oh, let's just have punks because punks are. Like yeah, these are these are the, these are these are the four. It sounds. It games. just feels like more like a comic thing in a sense. Comic yeah, exactly. comic book villains. So yeah. It's like when you look at these guys, it's like, and every one of them is a single one note character. It is even the sister. Yes, and I would say that. Also, can I just say she had the worst English accent? <laughs> like, the actress no. is actually Danish. Like the sixth girl. Sorry, no. Who are you talking about, Millie Jack? Millie? Or? No, um, uh, eight. Eleven. Oh, six. Uh, Kali. Okay, Kali. I thought she was six. No, she's eight. She's eight? It's eight. Mm. She's a number. Yeah. Uh, she, she's number and also... Oh, really, you're right. It's eight. It's eight. Yes, yeah. yes. And eight. she has... Like, you know, it sounds like she's trying to go for the standard, like, you know, uh, British... Uh, Indian-British uh, kid, like, you know, kind of London-y accent. But, but it doesn't then, make sense in this situation, it, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense in a situation, apart from, like, the most tenuous link. Oh, this little girl was uh, kidnapped in London. Why does she still have the accent when she's only spoken to Americans? And also... It just slips into very obviously not an English accent sometimes when she gets excited or tries to act. I mean, like, would you blame it more on casting or maybe on like choice? It's of, just, it's just like her act performance. Just really bad casting. She was yeah, like if you, I think we all can safely agree, like that that entire episode just felt really out of place. It and just unnecessary. Didn't, didn't really belong. If to you be wanted honest, to have so. that interaction, you could have had that for five or ten minutes. Attached to another episode where Mike could have done something more interesting. Or Dustin could have done something with well, Steve. Like, yeah. Dustin had plenty of stuff in this uh, in this show. He didn't he didn't need more. If anything, Mike needed more love because maybe he was kind of overshown in season one, but he was barely in season two. Yeah, I feel that too like, because yeah, he yeah. had no reason to exist other than to pine after eleven yeah. or to just feel sorry for Will. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like he was just like the sobbing like the side the side guy the side character. Yeah, in like, a way. you could even have like used the entire episode to give more backstory to Max and her brother. Like yeah, we could have had like uh, because I feel like they did the they tried to explain why Billy is such a fucking psycho, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed that part. That, that scene with her dad, right? Yeah, but it could have done a bit more. Like it felt a bit like rushed. Like, you could have had a whole uh, dinner scene, for example. Maybe season three can address that because at the end they both gave. Like I, angry glances per se. I know, but I mean, just like, you know, when you had the meeting where the dad was obviously, yes. you know, like, he was obviously Billy's terrified of his father, but you could have had, you know, like a dinner scene where it was a bit more like a building of drama. Yeah. Like he seems mild mannered and quiet, but then you can see the hints of, you know, abuse or some kind of psychological but thing. For me, I think it would be even more necessary that we flesh out Max a bit more because yeah, to me, like, she, she felt. <laughs> a bit too much like a cypher still at the end. I mean like, the the problem I had with Max is like basically in the first two episodes, okay in the first episode where basically she's like the champion dig up player all yeah. of a sudden, and then everybody was like, oh we need to find out who Mad Max is, and then of course it has to be this Maxine chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh she's so cool, look at her skateboard, look she, at her be a badass. Look at her she's a girl like, who plays video games, oh, oh my, my god! And, then and there's something very quaint about it, and like you know, but to be honest, actually, it does they do fit? She does fit with the dynamic later on after some convincing from yeah, Lucas. Yeah, but it takes a long time. But here's the problem. Yeah, it doesn't feel long to me, to be honest. Oh, it felt really long to me because the thing is, she didn't like they build it up so much, and then when she finally meets Eleven, Eleven just brushes her aside. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, that was perfect. Shape, <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like hi, and Maxine's just like. On my way, bitch. No, but yeah. here's the problem. Why would Eleven want to do that? Well, she was jealous of him and yeah. her and Will spending time. And here we go. That that's something that feeds into something which I don't like, which is generally how Eleven was treated for most of the season. Yeah, she was basically put in a cupboard or something. Which okay, yeah. all right, I understand. That's what you're trying to do with Hopper's storyline. Yeah, fine. But it's just, I wish that they wouldn't make the first interaction between two new female characters in any show be hostile. It's a trope which is in almost everything where you have two women meet for the first time mm-hmm. and there's some claws come out, there's some kind of catfight, there's some kind of like bitchiness happening. It's like, yeah, I think I Why agree. does that need to happen? Like, okay, fine, Eleven has no social training. Maybe, okay, fine, but like... No, but the thing is... She flips out over she, the most innocent thing. She had mm. no social training, I agree. But the thing is, she had an entire season one to get used to these characters. Yeah. And, and then, like, shouldn't she, like, kind of realise, like, oh... Like, and she's being a brat, basically, with the house tantrum and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was an excellent tantrum. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that, to me, worth of the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Worth yeah. the special effects. Yes. And, again, it just shows that David Harbour... I'm amazed it took this Hopper, long. Hopper, Hopper, yeah. No, I mean talking about the actor. Actor, yeah, yeah. I'm amazed it took this long for him to find his calling. Like really? he's only had small, like bit roles, like very one-note characters. I mean, he is point. a definitive character actor, if you ask. He's me. gonna be and the like, next he, Hellboy. Come to think of it, he yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, he's confirmed next Hellboy. No, but you can't be Ron Perlman, yo. Ron we'll Perlman's see, we'll see. I know, I know, he, he does, but he we'll see, we'll see. You can't be Ron Perlman, but Ron Perlman is almost 80. We need some I know what you mean, but the thing is, that you can see Jay the fuck out of that. Okay, the thing is, <laughs> I believe that Hopper, Mr. David Hopper himself, was like, okay, props to you for having Stranger Things springboard you to be the next Hellboy. But, like, yo, you should be a dramatic actor. Absolutely. Like, like the, I believe him trying his best trying to be a dad for the first time yeah. and also like uh, basically struggling with the loss of his own daughter and like that scene where the two of them are driving in their truck and like going towards like the like yeah. the, 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 the demogorgon the, where and, it and was tested right to yeah. the Hawkins laboratory yeah, and then Hawkins. And, like El- Eleven was basically like who's Sarah and then like that line like oh, my girl she's my little girl it's like 
you, the, the tenderness and like the vulnerability that just like comes through his quivering lips is like whoa look at this guy act yeah, yeah. or what I really like and he's also, a standout yeah, yeah it also shows how good Vin is like I'm looking forward to seeing what he does when he grows up was when yeah he's gonna definitely dare yeah, Redcliffe to the top man when Mike <laughs> when Mike confronts Hopper yeah, when he's just really angry and shouting and pitting him. Yeah. And uh, you could really buy that this is a man who wants to fight back, but he knows that he needs to just let, yeah, let this that, boy let, yeah. vent his frustrations because he knows he's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was such a beautiful scene because... This is he knows man, he's in the wrong, that's he, the thing, yes. He knows he fucked up majorly and he's letting him... Obviously, he's a 12-year-old kid. He's not going to hit very hard. Mm. Still. Still. I. <laughs> It can take it out of you if you. But he's a bony individual. It'll hurt a bit, oh, especially if you hit a nice fleshy like you know, <laughs> that, that that side of under your ribs. Oh, like, you got to you love the love handles on the David Harbour, huh? No, he, I think another character I kind of wanted to maybe bring out a little bit was probably like how Steve became in. Oh, like, how Steve became the ultimate a dad. dad. Yes. <laughs> nah, he the, the leader, the new Steve leader of the pack. Didn't out become of... a dad. He became fucking like Josh Brolin in the Goonies. Yes, pretty much. He became pretty much. like the annoyed older brother who was like, okay, I gotta protect these shitheads yeah and I that, don't okay, like him but I'm just gonna do it but regardless. props also to Stranger Things for keeping it through 80s by having kids curse at each other and also walking on the railroad while they're you know talking and, about stuff to me yeah, I felt the railroad scenes were like okay, can you stop shooting the same like we we have the stand by me moment from season 1 we had yes. enough in season 2 yeah and also what I like about Steve is that his uh, hair is perfect oh his hair is to dive <laughs> and, and he revealed and he, and he revealed his recipe yes yeah yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's just that they're not beholden to stereotypes for any of these characters. Like everyone yeah. has depth, and they could have very easily have kept Steve. Except, to- okay, I'll counter that. The only character that doesn't have any depth is still Dustin. Dustin he, he is extremely one note. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Steve, even Nancy has a moment to kind of... Oh, yeah, yes, because yes. Nancy could have easily have been, like, you know, the standard cliquey older sister and Steve could still have been, like, you know, the jock the in jock, the school. The jock, yeah. But they're not. They're not. But they yeah. both develop in really wonderful ways. And I, I mean, I especially love uh, Nancy's complexity when, like, you know, especially that scene when she got drunk and she oh, revealed yeah. her true emotions. Mm-hmm. Isn't like, that amazing drunk acting? Yes. That's, I agree. That's one of the best... Like, it I, is, it I is. I believe them. Yeah. I thought that Natalie Dyer actually got drunk for that scene. She probably did. Uh, she should be old enough to old drink, right? No, no. no she's, she, she's old drink. enough to act drunk. Okay. okay, let's just say that. Okay, okay. But I would no. say, like, you know, that, that scene with her and Steve, especially with... So bullshit. Like, the... Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and the breakdown of that relationship and how she moved on with, what, Jonathan? Right? Yeah. yeah. That guy, yes. And, and props to her for feeling guilty enough, but also, I love how you could just see that Steve understood, but wasn't able to forgive. Like, notice how in the last scene, he didn't go into uh, the ball because mm. he knew that he would have done something he regretted if he went in. So he, he went, yeah. He had to go and be in his own mind space. Because well, mm. he saw Nancy, like, from across. He could see it, yeah. and he knew that I need to give this space, I need time to, you know, just... Yeah, just from the, from that look, it's then, that's already that for a character. Like, for season two, like the best like character arc would definitely be the Steve Harrington Absolutely. character. Absolutely, yeah. And like, you could saw the sort of start of it at the end of season one, where he became a less of a piece of shit. But this is his true transformation arc. I mean, he was actually. I mean, he was bad, but he was turning good like halfway in season one when he was actually helping out the exactly. cleanup. The oh, town, when, he, right? when he fucking battered the demogorgon to death with his uh, that too, that too. <laughs> yeah, but the demogorgons in this one are not as big as the one in season. One. They're they're plentiful. But, <laughs> I'll yeah, tell they, you they that. But I, I would say they're scarier because the demogorgon, the first one, he's a bit kind of hulking. 
Like, you yeah. feel like you can run away with these ones are fast little motherfuckers which can swarm you. Or in the words of uh, Dustin, the demo dogs. Like, demo dogs. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, that, that one thing I really want to bring up, okay, as cute as, what's the, the kid's name? Gaten, whatever. Gaten Masaru. Yeah, like, as cute as Dustin was in season one, like, okay, he's really annoying. He's getting... Two. Also, you can see how he's going to get really creepy soon if someone doesn't check his bullshit soon. Yeah, especially, mm. like, the, the, the whole, like... The motivation of him to keep, like, Dart... That, that was completely unexplained. Mm. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, fine, he's meant to be, like, the scientist of the group, even though they're all very nerdy. But it's just like, surely he's a smart kid, he would know this is definitely something from the upside down. Why are you assuming that this, of everything you saw from last season... Would be safe. This is yeah. fine, so this, was this the is good. This was the explanation, because basically, if you recall, Dustin and Lucas and Max would have a bit of a love triangle. Yeah. So, like, like the, here's the character explanation, and this is coming from the actor himself. Like, he was given direction, if, I, okay, if I'm not mistaken, right? But his direction was basically, oh, I'm such a nerd that, like, I've only grown up with my mom. Yeah. And the thing is, his, uh, but I love the way that he interpreted the direction was, like, he had the kind of mom who was like, oh, mom, look at this. And like, oh, that's cool, honey. And then like... He, like the uh, frazzled single yeah. mother. Uh, and then like, he realized that, oh, no matter what I did, girls think it's cool. So in his own cute little way, he thought like, oh, if I had this lizard... This that, is going to impress her. This is going to impress Maxine. And then like... But I love that very uh, realistic reaction of like, oh, check out Dirt. And she was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and he is genuinely yeah. hurt. And well. then he is genuinely hurt. And the thing yeah. is, right, as much as I dislike Dustin for a lot of season two, he had... The best episode in the fin- in the finale. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. That he deserved that. So like, like, that was too real, man. Yeah. Like, oh, that was too real. We, we've <laughs> all lived that kind of rejection. Yes, we have. Not me, sir. I've, I've never had any problem with ladies. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure, I'm, sure. Like, to be really honest, but I did feel for the kid definitely, oh, yeah. and he's got his moment in Nancy. Especially yeah. when he asked that other chick like for to dance, yeah. and he was like all confident and shit, and then like. Oh, the, the way he got shot down. Just yeah. so deflated. And then he like goes into like the the grandstand, I mean, into the seats and he just starts the bleaches, crying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, the bleachers. Poor, and Nancy to the rescue, you know. Thanks, Nancy. Yeah. yeah. But I would say this, She's like, awesome. <laughs> like, for me, Dustin would be the weakest part of uh, Stranger Things too because... Wait, what about Bob though? Have we mentioned Bob, Saul Dustin? Here's the thing about Bob. Bob, the, when he... went Okay, spoilers. When he gets taken out, like... Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, we all did. We all, we all unfortunately. Saw it coming, and it basically. But here's the thing: I felt sad when he died. I did even too. though I know I because didn't he's feel a sad cool. When he died, because basically to me it felt like oh they needed another Barbara. Not yeah. really. I did not feel that. It I felt, felt that Joyce needed a break really? from all I that s- shit that I she experienced in the, the season one. Especially when. So season two, we have Bob. Who's no, but, actually a supportive guy through and through until he died. But that's the problem because they set him up so much to be like, oh yeah, he's definitely gonna die. Yeah. And the, here's the best thing. He was thing. too nice. There was nothing to redeem him. Do you know what to me was the reveal? Like, that this guy's gonna get taken out? What? Was that scene with him and Will where he's like, oh, I just stood there and told him, go away, go away. Like, oh, uh, yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. I knew right there. It's like, yeah, he's, he's like, because the thing is, you can't have a Stranger Things without one, what you call, crucial death. Yeah. yeah. And like, okay, I don't think they earned it enough to kill off one of the kids. No, I mean... Not yet, yeah, not yet. Yeah. Which is why they brought in Bob, uh, Sean Astin anyway yeah, for and this. The thing is, like, which is fine by me. because you see yeah, Maxine and you see uh, Billy and you see Bob, right? Out of the three new characters... One of them has to buy... The obvious red shirt is definitely Bob because yeah. of course the nice guy's gonna die. And the thing is, right, he, he's also like... like the, the other moment that it was like, yeah, this guy's gonna die, it was when he basically told Hopper, do you know Basic? 
this yeah. is the wrong time to be annoying. So if you get killed, we won't feel so bad. Ah, oh, there you go. It's like, uh, that was the wrong time to be, you know, like, to be a hero. The, the, the perturbed nerd is like, oh, might as well teach, you, to French. teach you French while I'm at it. It's like, okay, dude. Just say it's more difficult than what you think it is. You don't need to be as smart ass about it. We're all about to die. And then yeah. I loved like the reflection of that is after that, like, you know how to use a gun? Oh yeah. Safety on, safety off, point, squeeze. And it's like, okay, got it. Move it, move it. They always have to have that scene in every movie or TV show. Where I think it's like an 80s trope or even 90s trope. Yeah, no, it's well. just a trope to have a guy who doesn't know what's doing, like pointing a gun, like, out my face, dude. Like, <laughs> I've seen it in at least 50 different films. Mm-hmm. No, but that's that, that's the sign where, like, this guy's gonna die. He doesn't no, know how absolutely. to use his weapon. No, and he leaves yeah, it. Yeah, when he leaves it behind, he's like, oh well. <laughs> okay, but I think what we also need to talk about, especially when it comes to throwaway characters, is like, hello, Paul Reiser. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what hi. are you doing? He's like, he's like Burke, but he did not die. No, but he's Burke. But at the same time, he's Burke redeeming himself through another character. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Because if yeah. you do recall, in Aliens, he was the asshole, like trying to lock up all the Marines and trying to capture like some some sort of alien specimen. Yeah, with yeah. Their And here he is, like, oh look at me, look at all these crazy otherworldly creatures running around the corridors, and instead of me hiding. I'm gonna help this time mm. because it's like by hiding in the computer room. By, by being in the computer room and, and telling people to use the flame thrower. Bob, Bob. Okay, this is just like that video game Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Oh, so clever. <laughs> Turn left. Go inside that door. Go inside that door now. It's like yeah, and that's that's, that's another thing. Like when I say that, I'm getting really annoyed with references, like. To me, the Duffer Brothers, there's so many things that are on the nose, mm-hmm. and it feels like, like, oh god, it, like I can imagine them being so smug. Like, look at how clever we are. <laughs> where, what is the point of this reference? Oh, we're we gonna like, uh, like, show you later, like, especially when it came to that, like, even the final scene. Spoilers again. Yeah. When like, what's the last song at the prom? Was "Every Breath You Take" by the Police? Yes. And then the chorus is "I'll Be Watching You." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they flip it and like, oh, the demon is still alive, still watching, like. Yeah, we get it, Duffer Brothers. You like to reference things and you mm-hmm. like to make things go full circle. You're so... But it's nice to see that giant Demo Gorgo thing. That's a spectacle, right, to be honest. Mind flayer. Oh, mind, mind flayer. Player. The mind player. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but not, or the mind flamer according to Nancy. <laughs> mind flamer. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if anything, right. So, like, here's the problem I have with the, uh, Stranger Things too, Where it's like, basically, when I, what I love about the first one was it was all the callbacks and references felt like, you know... I... F- if, I mean, okay, mm. uh, uh, I'm just gonna say like it felt like these guys were fans of these things mm-hmm. and yeah. they just wanted to show off their fandom and now they're like oh look at this all these other stuff and look at how cleverly we make things they work weave here. it basically right and it's like to me it felt like yeah it's a bit too on the nose you, you, you can't uh, the problem with references is you should not draw attention to them like it should be yeah either, we should notice it but yeah, we yeah. should not like, it should either be an easter egg or it should weave into where it makes sense for the narrative exactly. just... I felt that was a bit too much of that in season 1 for me but for season 2 it's not as bad as I thought it would be but except for that last part the yeah. I'll be watching you it's like a bit for me too... like, but there's more like stroke, different strokes and whatnot. yeah I mean so, my main complaint about the final song is just that that's a really creepy fucking song which has no <laughs> How dare you, sir? As a child of the 80s, it that has... song was beautifully romantic for a while. Yeah, especially <laughs> Until for... Until you read between the lines. Especially for the socially... Until, yeah, you, you, if you take it too literally, yeah, I yeah. get I mean, to, to be fair, it's perfectly great for, you know, the socially awkward dude growing up in the 80s who can't talk to girls but likes watching them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every step you take, I'll be watching you. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Sting is an amazing singer-songwriter. Oh, f- 
fuck Sting, <laughs> self-righteous vegan prick. Now, but he's, he's no, he was always that way. Just like uh, Morrissey was always a piece of shit. I agree, but he gave us fields of gold, sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, there you go. Okay, the memory of Blue Turtles is one of the greatest albums of all time. I'm just gonna say that right now. But okay, besides, okay, but if we're gonna talk about the music, yo, music choices for this one. Nice to know where they spend the budget here and there, huh? Yeah, the licensing. and also it didn't feel like. Yeah, even though a lot of the references felt a little bit shoehorned in, personally, I didn't mind it as much because I'm not from the 80s, so... Yeah, but you have to understand. I music know, choices were good. No, yeah, that's true. Was it Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar? Yeah, yeah. Again, a bit on the nose right mm-hmm. here. Yeah, you know? yeah but, I know you're going through a relationship problem. But a lot of the songs would also coincide with people driving in cars, so at the very least, it would make sense if you turn on the radio, that's what you'd be hearing. Yeah, that's true. Although... I think for me, the best on the nose was the introduction of Billy. He drives <laughs> in with his denim uh, jacket, Fucking his jeans. Crew yeah. kicking in in the background, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I th- no, when he first came in, it was Scorpions. Oh yeah, Rocky Like a Hurricane. Here I am. <laughs> I just slowly pants yeah. up. Yeah. Like, okay, this is not a football game. So you agree with me, the Duffer Brothers are a little bit too on the nose with the writing. Oh, no, right? no, they're definitely too on the nose and... Whatever, it, for me, it didn't matter as much, mm. but I can see why, especially people of the older persuasion would definitely find it a little bit like, okay, stop it, we all remember. Yeah, trying yeah. to tell it's, the story it's, 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 reminding us of how great the yeah. movies were. Yeah, I mean, but still the most egregious was just the references to Terminator, because it had nothing to do with the story. It was just like... Terminator is on screen and it's in a... The whole Nancy Reagan thing too was there too, right, wasn't it? Well, I mean... I. I think it, maybe there was a great uh, like comment they're trying to make, like for, especially when uh, they wiretapped Mike's house, mm-hmm. and you show the piece of shit father, like oh, we're we're red blooded patriots here. It's like oh, that kind of tied in nicely, I, like mm-hmm. him being totally fine with government surveillance because it's you know the great uh, leader of the Republicans, uh, Reagan, demanding mm-hmm. it. But also at the same time, that is the only part of the whole season that felt kind of like current day topical. Yeah, and like, 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 like again, like, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is like, to me, the problem with Stranger Things is like the first one seemed very earnest and sincere, and it was trying to tell a very interesting story, which was based on a lot of things that definitely the Duffer Brothers were fans of. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas this one was like, oh god, we have a hit, we need to keep going. Um, what else do we like? Let's throw it all into this pot and let's let's see where uh, this goes. Right. What I'm afraid of is they're gonna do the same thing for season three which is and what four. I feel too, because yeah. like basically, okay. Especially with the very ham-fisted, like, you know, New Mutant-style episode where Elle goes to the city. That, was, that to me feels like, okay, they're probably gonna, like, if they have no ideas what to do, they're just gonna separate Elle. Because these kids need to be in danger. And if yeah. they have a super-powered, badass friend who can just basically bend shit with their mind, like, they're not in real trouble. So they need to remove her to actually give and a sense of peril. And that's the thing. That's what I feel like in season three is just basically gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna look for mama again, so bye. And I'm instead of like flying there with my super special powers, I'm gonna take a bus. Again. <laughs> and then like, alright, and I'll be away for about five episodes. And, then, and like, then I'm gonna come back with an even different outfit. Like whatever was, like, she'll come in back A punk in, rock thing. No, she'll come back in Gleg. They glow uh, leg warmers. <laughs> Should be like Jim with like, a hologram, yeah, you know, yeah. shoulder pads, and a, like, like a glitter crazy, lightning on the eye. Yeah. But I would say also, like, it would be so strange in season three when, like, all of a sudden the boys, like, 
start growing like facial hair and stuff. Oh, I'm not. And then like Lucas gets really tall. Yeah. All of a sudden. Everybody's a teen apparently. Well, suddenly Lucas has a like a big beefy chest. I'm like, hey baby, <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, hey Lucas, it's me, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, all right, what's going on here? We have another power man coming in. But if anything, like you know what, Stranger Things two, I don't want to see season three. I'm. I think it's it's fine where it went with season one and with like the thing is. L disappearing after like taking out the Demogorgon was the perfect ending. Yeah, mm. and and then like they're trying to get, it, find a reason to bring her back. It kind of removed the, the poignancy a little bit, but kinda it totally removed the poignancy. I know. Although I forgive it because I feel like the progression they had between season one and two was one of the best hel- best handled. Yeah, like, it felt one hundred percent like this is what would happen naturally if you gave these kids a year. Mm. Or if we had this much budget, yeah. And, <laughs> and plus, it's nice to see Al uh, and Mike and go back, when, come back together to prom. When that, even for that one night, <laughs> yeah. And mm. even with Will having his first flashback, it made sense because yeah. they kind of made reference to this has started happening, so you could have an immediate rest start without the feeling like where the fuck is this coming from. But it's I think like, that's also going to be the problem because basically, I'm gonna just safely assume that in season three. Will's gonna get knocked out again. He's gonna be basically. I really hope that someone else gets it. Like, you know what would be interesting, and I think they hinted at. L might go off the deep end, and she might be the antagonist in season three. So she goes like through. a twist. Because Carrie. remember in the last uh, episode where no, not like where she Carrie. starts. Carrie. Like fucking Jean Grey. Ah, Jean Grey. Yeah, Thank you, Mark like, Phoenix. Like, Talk about references. But like she mm-hmm. even had like the Jean Grey like uh, weird like veiny things and like the eye change yeah. when she was going full on um, telekinetic. So they might be going down the Phoenix uh, storyline. That's what I feel because basically, like I said, because actually, when did the Phoenix arc uh, start? Around the same time. Uh, it was the eighties. Eighties. Wait. It yeah, was yeah. James Shooter was still around as a Marvel editor. So but this is what that. I want to say. Like that's the problem I have with Stranger Things again. Like I mean, not that I hate the show. I mean, no, I, we all still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Really we enjoy it. The, the problem is like with you being on the nose, things become predictable very quickly. Yeah. So it's like especially like oh look at how we set up this and set up that, and then like okay obviously you're gonna set up for this, and then like unless of course you're really like trying to like I don't know turn the story on its head right. Like I don't see L going in any other arc. And they have to do this arc because you need to have the redemption final. I arc. mean, like you, the other way, you got to Game of Thrones it. You got to kill one of the kids. I say yeah. Dustin. We, we take him out now. <laughs> Fuck him in his teeth. I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> oh, you got it right. <laughs> or if they really want to, so they're not fucking around. Mike will be the one. Cause, Mike. Because imagine it. Mike dies, and because that's what he, pushes Eleven off the edge. Or even worse, that's what actually gives him a career. Because then he can finally do what he wants to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys do. It. My contract's up. You gotta kill me off. You know what? Yeah, you're the least favorite kid. You know, and it's Dustin. You're too normal. <laughs> he's he's not normal. No, but if anything, yeah, okay. Like before we wrap up our full review of Stranger Things too. I mean, we should also definitely talk about the things we enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I don't. What about you guys? What did you enjoy the most? Uh, just. Uh, proof that Millie Bobby Brown is going to be the next actress we need to look out for. She's the next Emma Watson? No, because Emma Watson kind of stopped being an act- actor. She to... became an activist, right? Yeah. She kind of tapered so off. So I feel like head. Millie Bobby Brown, I think, I, right now, she shows that she has, you know, she range. has yeah. far more range than Watson ever did. I agree. Like, she feels believable. Yeah. Her and Daphne Keene, these two girls, Give it 10, 15 years, they're gonna be dominating the Academy Awards. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. So, this is the future Anna Paquin, Jennifer Lawrence, right here. Yeah, although Anna Paquin kind of lost the plot 
Um, because she won the award too early. Yeah, mm. and then she went off, <laughs> and then she got sucked into the true blood for too long. And then, if uh, suckered, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right there, hey. sir. No, but anyway, how about you, Mr. Toffee? What did you enjoy most about Stranger Things too? I guess I liked uh, what's the name of the actors Hop- Hopper again? <sighs> totally David, David Hopper. David, yeah, I loved him. That's for sure, and also loved uh, Steve, Steve's progression from becoming that boy- fake boyfriend to you know being the, being that guy who actually leads the kids to. You know, deal with the demigods. Like I said, Josh Brolin of the Goonies. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> so like that, and you know, Sean Astin still performs as well, even though he I mean, we know he's gonna die. But... No, eccentric Tom. As a Lord of the Fring, a Lord of the Rings fan, how sad were you that Samwise gets wiped out? I mean, I just find it <laughs> kind of kind of kind of sad too. I mean, <laughs> by a very CGI golemish kind of character. I know, but it was just funny for me because I was watching it, just thinking, oh, so that's what happened. Uh, uh, this is the actual ending of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he divorces his wife and moves to Hawkins and yeah. Uh, Start working a fucking radio shack. Well, I would say this. My favorite thing about Stranger Things too. Winona Ryder is still hot. Yeah, she is. Yes, yes. And also, it's funny how it's weird. She's playing a mom now. Yeah. Though. No. Got the milf qualities going on. Man, yeah. well, she, she was a milf in fucking Star Trek. She was like Spock's mom. Remember? Yes. <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> holy was, shit! Yeah, that was why I go. The impetus for Spock to lose it. You know, like what? Yeah. That's Winona Ryder as. Mom's spot. No. Also, it's funny how it took three episodes before she went back to crazy Winona Ryder. Which no, she's one. always been crazy. I know she's always been crazy, <laughs> but at least in, se- in season one, she immediately just goes off the deep end, just completely bonkers. In this one, she seems almost put together, and then eventually goes, "Okay, fuck it, no." Yeah. Like you can Where's see. Where's my son? Where's my son? <laughs> we gotta burn it out. Yeah. Like, now, in, wow, now, calm of, down, Winona Ryder. Instead <laughs> of "Where's my boy?" It's like, "What's wrong with my boy?" Like, I imagine this happens in next season when he goes for puberty. What's wrong with my boy? <laughs> What's wrong with you, mom? And I, but I would say this, like, when a writer, like, she has that Ellen Burstyn quality of, like, yeah, she can go with off the deep end very nicely. Yeah. yeah. So I think she deserves better. I mean, like, come on. Remember her in Girl Interrupted where she went toe-to-toe with Angela Jolie? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, there you go. She's, like, an amazing character actress. And the thing is, I, I just love the fact that, hey, she found work. She's in Stranger Things too. And her playing the mom, and like just basically just seeing her in action like yeah like nice to know you're still around huh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's nice to be old okay so Stranger Things 2 I mean for me if I want to give it like a nice rating I would say it's a solid you know, 6 6 and a half I thought you were going to say 6 I'm going to be yeah. kind of I'm going to say 7 7.5 like to me it's a strong C for you maybe a, like, a, I mean, a medium B I, it would drop down further if I take it to account episode 7. Yeah. But I am discounting it just because everything else was solid enough for me to forgive the one clunker episode. Like, even Breaking Bad had a clunker episode. Man, every, show, every show that's perfect like, has thing its own yeah. You have nine episodes. You shouldn't even have any, like, padding. True. Yeah. So uh, what's your excuse? But... If anything is like, I want to do an X Men flick. I think the way, yeah, that's what I felt <laughs> I like. An like show. They're also experimenting with trying to because they have to move out of Hawkins eventually because they're gonna run that well drive very soon. Like kids in a small town in peril. And that mind player is pretty big. No, <laughs> but then, okay, here's the thing: if you want to do a proper reference, yo, remember Erie, Indiana, back in the '90s, which mm. is the perfect small town where every house has something freaky going on, like. That would be the perfect show to reference, if you mm. would ask me. Keep it in the small town. I mean, like, I do understand that it's probably the dream of the directors or the storytellers to, like, take it beyond Dawkins. Yep, yep. You know, to make it, oh, it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a Stranger a, Things on tour! Stranger <laughs> Things! The world is now gonna, like, fall under this Cthulhu 
obviously inspired creature. Like they all moved to Shenzhen, China for some reason. Oh, but, but, but basically, I do imagine this like Stranger Things four will be like like the last uh, scene in Ghostbusters where oh my god, we need to protect New York, you know, because <laughs> why everything happens in New York? Because we like all oh, the cool shit happens in New York. Yeah, like how would they reference the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? <laughs> they already have the Ghostbuster costumes. That's true. There you go. Anyway, I'll... Marshmallow Man. How about Stay Tentacle? My Demon Gogger. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, I, I'm giving it a seven as well. Seven um, as well. I, I prefer this, but I still prefer this more than the first season because I can see progression. Yeah, from, the, first, uh, the first season was finding its footing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. this one is like, okay, you're not stepping. It's more I like the relationship between uh, Hopper and L, and mm-hmm. you know, especially in the truck. I'm oh, sorry, van, car, car. Sorry, not truck. In the truck, that's a very <laughs> different thing <laughs> that was on the cutting room yeah, floor. Yeah. And also Steve. Uh, his evolution oh, yeah, Steve was great. It's cool. And the I mean, kids are still as entertaining as ever, especially yeah. with the new edition, Mad Max. Maxine herself, right? Yeah, yeah she, she was a solid starter yeah. still. I mean, it's slow, but I kind of appreciate how it builds up from no, there. I just know. appreciate the fact that they gave uh, Lucas something to do. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. basically, in part... Oh, in he season, was he was wasted in season token one. Token Black Kid in yeah, number in, one. No, no, he wasn't even a Token Black Kid. See, in season one, his only purpose was to just be the the guy who's against L. He was yeah. the he was the asshole. He, he was, was the asshole. Uh, and then now it's like, we, we gave him something to do. Mm-hmm. And then now Dustin's the asshole because like his best friend is gone. Yeah, I mean, the new and asshole is his out pretty sister. Well. <laughs> yeah. Sister? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, He's coming back in most, uh, season three. The most accurate representation of, of a every piece of shit little sister. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, there you go, Last King fans. That is our thoughts on Stranger Things too. And this ends our spooky spectacular. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? I don't know. It's supposed to be count. <laughs> the count? <laughs> the, okay, so one, one, one tentacle. Two tentacles. Three tentacles. Okay. I watched enough hentai to know where this is going. So, like, Last King fans, thank you so much. Okay. Have a safe and a happy and horrible Halloweeny. Uh, post from last week, week. Yep. from last week, you know, and then of course uh, next week, what's gonna happen? Evil lives on. Evil lives on, <laughs> <laughs> because Evil Within Two just dropped. We'll talk about that Maybe another we'll time when we have time, time to play that. Uh, but if anything, yes, uh, do stick around and listen to your friends here at the Last Game Podcast. Okay, remember resubscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. And Give I'll, us a five star rating. That really helps yes, us get the word we out want, there. Yes. We made it to the front page. Now we want to be on everybody's page. We want to I be in your homes, in your schools. Like literally, we, we want to be right there next to you, <laughs> telling you what's going on. Yeah, right just now. you're just making that song every breath you take come to life somehow. I'll be watching you. We'll be watching you. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been uh, Doctor Schaffekstein. This has been Ek- the Grand Terrible. Eccentric Tom. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it would be Ecto Tom. Ecto Ecto Tom. There, there we you go. go. And this is Toffee. Count Toffee. Uh, Count Toffee. Sorry. Toffula. Count Toffee. Right. Count Toffee. The ah, Toffee ah, returns. Ah, okay. Ah, anyway, ah, so like, keep it spooky and good night. Wow.